gorgeous listeners, welcome back to another edition of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Alan, hey, how's it going? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Amazing. That is the signal, ladies and gents, that we are ready to dive right in. And in our last episode, we talked a little bit about kind of the essence of shading, really physically what they're made of. And sounds like we're going to dig a little bit more into that today and then also unearth some other exciting things. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. We never Who know. Who knows <laughs> where this wacky do. journey will take us this time? <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So, so kick us off, Alan. What are we doing? Right. So, um, last episode, we talked about the uh, elements, the four elements from which things in the created universe are made. Indeed. Uh, earth, fire, air, and water. Not in that order. Uh-huh. Um, but. Uh, and the funk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, that Shadim, according to some opinions, are created f- ultimately from these spiritual elements of fire and air or wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to learn a little bit from the Chesed Avraham. Okay. Uh, who's another big commentator on all kinds of stuff. Yep. Um, and uh, so he's going to riff a little bit more on that. And that idea of fire like you do. I love when the rabbis riff. Okay. All right. Well, he's trying to understand exactly what it means that what does it mean that they're made? It's it's a difficult thing to understand. Remember, these are spiritual elements, not the physical thing we think of as fire or air Mm. or wind or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, Except that obviously there is some uh, physical element to it. Okay. Right. Right. Um, We're not sure exactly what that means, but says the Chesed Avraham that uh, we know that Shadim appear to certain known individuals, mm-hmm. uh, just like Malachim, angels, can do that. Yeah. Here's the difference. He says, Malachim are essentially a plain nefesh, a plain soul. And when a mal- P-L-A-I-N. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a regular, simple soul. That's what, that's what makes up a, a, a Malach, an angel. Okay. And when a malach wants to appear to a human being, the malach has to, so to speak, um, enclose itself mm. in certain elements, which, says the Chesed Avraham, happen to be the same two elements that Shadim, enclose, uh, Shadim are composed of. Okay. Right? That uh, the fire and the wind or air. Mm. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and they do that in order to come down into the created world so that a human could see so to speak, an mm-hmm. angel. Mm-hmm. Not really seeing, again, this is not, you're not seeing like floating smoke or something. This, you're seeing a f- spiritual thing. If you're able to see a malach, it's only by a miracle. It's not, right. you know. Yeah. Um, um, right, some supernatural means. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so, uh, right, and it's uh, he, he even says it has to be a pure eye. So only it can only mm. be seen to somebody with a pure eye, whatever that means. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, if in the case when somebody uh, does see a malach, it's not as though they can touch the malach either with their mm. physical hand. Sure. Um, and uh, more about how it's like not really there. Right. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it says here, um, uh, 
It's like it's not it's only just like a little like right, maybe sort of kind of real maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. OK. <laughs> Very guarded language around so, the physicality of any of this. Right. right yeah. Right. OK. So when a Malach, quote unquote, dies or leaves the world, it's not a real death. Mm hmm. And um, that escalated quickly. So now that we've talked a little bit about what they're made of we're killing them off it's not that what they're made of remember it's just a nefesh in fact let me finish this thought and you'll okay. understand right okay great so in other words a malach is a pure soul just yes. plain plain old regular simple soul yeah nothing, milk chocolate got it nothing right the original and best <laughs> melts not, in your mouth nothing physical not in your even hand. coming close to a malach got it mm -hmm. except when a malach wants to uh be seen or needs to be seen by a human being um, it puts on this kiilu kind of yes clothing yes of these spiritual elements of fire and wind okay air. and um, and uh, after it does that it leaves the world in the same way that a human or another created living being would leave the world except the difference is that it's simply returning to its natural state which is that of a soul okay uh -huh. all right. Um, oh. right. Oh. So, uh, huh. it's not really a death, right? It's a reversion to its original state. Correct. Which is kind and, of and like how death sort of is supposed to, is kind of imagined in, in a lot of Jewish thought, like where, you know, we're, we're souls under God's big chair, right? And we're mm -hmm. kind of ripped down and we hang out in these bodies for a while and Originally, our souls are kind of upset about that, and then we get used to it down here, and then we die and go back up, and we're upset about that, too. Right. Well, there's a whole thing brought down that there's five things that happen to a person against their will, and mm -hmm. I don't want to go into that. It's a long discussion. Yeah. But, but it, it, yeah, there are some similarities there worth noting. Right. Death, taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. N no. 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Um, Okay, so yeah, right, right. so an angel closes itself, and then when it goes back to heaven, it like dis disrobes and <laughs> and heads back up. Right, and and the Chesed Avraham even says further that it's not that it's though it's, it's dying when it reverts. Right, Adaraba. To the contrary, Adaraba. It's, it's um, God, I love that term. It's so good. Okay, the clothing in the quote unquote body of this uh, spiritual matter. Yeah, is. A real tsar for them. It's a real difficulty, a real mm. thing, hard, hard thing for them to do. Yeah. Um, however, mm. on the other side, yeah. you have shadim. Okay. And um, shadim, like we said in the last episode, are essentially physical. Okay. In the sense, mm -hmm. in and not in, again, not physical, physical, but in the sense of not, the spiritual physicality. We're not actually talking of, about any of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, let's that, just be clear. But that's Judaism. Wink, nudge, right? Like, yeah, our yeah. listeners get this. I okay. hope so. <laughs> um, there's always something deeper. There's always many levels of depth. Shkoyach, mm. yes. Anyway, um, an infinite onion. I just made that up. An infinite onion. That sounds like. First of all, what we should call this episode. And secondly, a good point <laughs> to take a break. <laughs> okay, let's dive back in and continue unwrapping the hashtag infinite onion mega trend. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> right. So uh, we just mentioned that Shadim are unlike 
um, unlike Malachim, who are pure souls and sometimes clothe themselves in uh, these spiritual elements. Right, which is fire. like itchy and it never fits right. Yeah, they don't like the doing fashion it. It's only for a short, mir- short period of time anyway. Only designs for dudes. Okay, for yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you lost me. But anyway. <laughs> You've um, never had to go shopping as a woman. That's all I'm saying. That's, okay, so the <laughs> the um, great so malachim are essentially spiritual that wrap themselves in physical stuff, whereas demons are physical ish, and keep going. Right, uh, it happens to be that these same two elements, combination uh, of fire and air, are um, the the ones that both are using. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, except that. Uh, for a malach, the essence is the pure soul, spiritual part of it, the pure soul of it. Uh-huh. And the shade, um, the essence is the more physical part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means a shade can actually die. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Chesed uh, Avraham brings that a, a little bit farther and explains um, that's also how we know that shadim are born and give birth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, in um, somewhat physical terms, mm-hmm. at least more physical than a malach. Malachs, malachim are created as well, but it's a different kind of thing. Right. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll just say a couple other quick things about it that might be kind of interesting is that, um, he, again, the Chesalavram in another part of his Sefer, he explains his book, he explains that. Um, uh, because they die, mm-hmm. they may also be buried, Shadim. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the physical, quote-unquote, physical body. And yeah. it's, it's not a physical burial that we would think of, but um, think of it as a possibility, is mm-hmm. kind of what the Chazalav Ram is saying. Mm-hmm. And um, unlike Malachim, this is something that isn't quite explained, but he does say that when if one were to, remember I said if someone were were to touch, quote-unquote, a malach that they could, quote-unquote, see, right? Yeah, yeah. By miraculous means. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't feel anything. Right. Says the Chesed Avraham that by a shade, they would actually feel something. Um, Ooh, creepy. Cold and maybe damp is what he says. <laughs> he says, uh, karvarach, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, and... Um, yeah, cold as a stone. Cold and damp Kar- is like the classic creepy combination. Hard and cold like a stone. Yeah. Oh, hard and um, cold. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So um, that, that's some interesting things to take into account. You know. Right. Well, and immediately my head starts spinning into the whole like, God, okay, so we've, I mean, obviously we've established that Shadim die. We talked about that with Lilith and her children. We've talked about that with our demon slayer episode and just like millions of demons being born and being slaughtered and all kinds of crazy stuff like so obviously they're dying but the but i did that was a fun one (laughs) but um but the you know as with anything you know you think of these these huge numbers of anything dying and you know it doesn't really register but then you think about one demon dying and suddenly you have this emotional react or i have this emotional reaction where it's um it's like, well, gosh, you know, does this demon 
Um, is that does someone does someone sit shiva for this demon? <laughs> is there you know that the, the week? Of, I feel like it's necessary morning. for me is to. There... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I feel, I feel like it's, it's necessary for me to reiterate, as I've done in previous episodes, <laughs> that shady are not good. <laughs> They're bad. You don't want them around. Some you don't, people like... are terrible, and you said shiva for them. Shiva's the week of mourning that you know that close family members go through after someone has died and uh, there's all kinds of rituals around that that are you know here's the th- here's the difference food. here's the difference though right yeah is that humans are um humans are given uh a choice they're given free will yeah that's that's first and foremost okay um shadim are created with the basic need so let's call it a need, the basic mm-hmm. commandment, command really, right. to do harm. Right. Humans have the choice to do harm. So then when they die, if they've done harm, they've carried out their purpose. And isn't that... That's not Shiva-worthy. Why is it not Shiva-worthy? First of all... Acknowledging that you've, that you've played out your role in the grand scheme of creation? Like, shouldn't that have... Shouldn't you mark that occasion in some way? Uh, well, so she said playing so, demon's so advocate. <laughs> so right. So here's the thing, that's different from sitting Shiva. Okay. What you're describing is different, and and there Fair. are and there are actually stories of Shadim who throw grand events or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, after you know, like it's not it's not a happy thing for them. They're like tearing stuff up when, they, when something happens that they don't like. Uh-huh. You know, um, it's not they do more damage. You know, it's not like yeah. It's not a, um, but they do mark the occasion, if that's what you're talking about. They do mark the occasion. Okay, um, there is some kind of ritual transition. And and, and I don't know, I've, having never seen uh, one of these rituals myself. We've got to get I've, invited. But I've heard. How do you get an invitation? But there are many folk stories, we'll call them. a Facebook event? Of. <laughs> <laughs> it never works anyway. Nobody actually shows up. <laughs> Yeah, there are many anyway. folk stories. I'm sorry. You yeah. were saying something that would be probably more there, interesting. I have read folk stories said. of similar of kinds of things that, you know, these are oral thing, oral traditions that are brought down mm-hmm. um, throughout generations of various events similar to that. Demon parties? There are some kind of shading rituals. We know that shading observe mitzvahs, but it's unclear which shading and which mitzvahs. And, right. Um uh, there's all kinds of disagreements, which we've covered in previous episodes. Right. So but. basically what you're saying is I get to make it up and speculate wildly and I'm probably right. No. Yes. <laughs> Alan, thank you for that. That's amazing. Please. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, this is great stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shade Throwers, we got an awesome listener question in that we're going to tackle now um, from someone who tweets as at xjane asked us, hashtag does a demon, making it trend. Thanks, guys. Um, so xjane asks, I just discovered that Titavillus is the Catholic demon of autocorrect, formerly haunting printing presses, causing scribal errors and stealing gossip and missaid prayers to bring back down. I, I learned via Wikipedia to bring back down to hell and like use in their case against this person after they die. Um, did the Catholics steal him? Is there such a shade? So first of all, 
uh, Xenocide Jane. Thank you very much for your question. Yes, that thank you. Is Good question. Awesome and fascinating, and we're excited to tackle it. Um, so, Alan, what do you make of this? What do you make of this question? Um, so, first of all, yes, thank you. Great question, uh, X Jane. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think so. Let me start by I didn't know the answer to this question. Mm. I had a guess. You stumped the Alan. And then I actually looked at. Well, yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason. Alan's like, yeah, I don't know all the things. <laughs> Duh. But there's a re- <laughs> but there's a reason, I think, also, which I'll get to in a moment. But um, I did look into it a little bit. And as I suspected, I didn't find anything in any Jewish mm-hmm. corollary to to Davilis. Um, I will say that what I'm about to say could be totally, you know, debunked. Mm-hmm. By anybody who does know of one that, you know, if any of our listeners do know of one, but I do not believe mm-hmm. that there is such a thing as a Jewish version of Tidavillis. And here's mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring it. Uh, so when a Jewish person does pray or when Jewish holy books are printed, mm-hmm. um, these are considered very holy things. Mm-hmm. And part of the reward that a person gets for the mitzvah is the effort in which for, for the effort put forth for that mitzvah. Mm-hmm, sure. Right. And obviously um, disseminating Torah and prayer are big, important mitzvahs. Right. Um, and even the, the kavanah or the like intention behind it, not just the act of actually doing it. Correct. It's right. sort of rewarded and acknowledged. Yeah. Right. That's so. So in other words, um, Shadim would not want any part of it other than to try to prevent it mm-hmm. right um the problem with that though is that if a person's intent is to um do the mitzvah mm-hmm. it's as though halakhically it's as though they've done the mitzvah so as soon as a person sets out to do a mitzvah mm-hmm. even if the mitzvah never gets done or gets done improperly mm-hmm. the reward the halacha states that they've done the mitzvah Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a quick example, a person um, um, intends to uh, give um, money for tzedakah, for charity, mm-hmm. um, and they put, you know, a dollar or something in their pocket and they go walk to the to the charity box or something mm-hmm. or to the per, to the person in need who they intend to give it to. And then. They get, get, get to their destination. They look in their pocket and the dollar is gone. It's missing. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. Of course, there's other things that need to get done. They need to go back and fix what they've done. But as far as the halacha is concerned, they get the reward for that first attempt. Right. As far as the, the Jewish law is concerned for that. OK. So so the reason I bring that up is because um, uh we've said a number of times that the best defense against shading is mitzvahs. Mm -hmm. So if a person's intent is to say a prayer properly or Mm -hmm. is to publish a holy book, a Jewish holy book, even if there are mistakes in that holy book or mistakes in in that prayer, it's considered as though if their intention is pure anyway, it's considered as though they, they achieved their goal. Mm -hmm. And if they get the mitzvah, there's nothing a shade can do for that. Right now. On the other side of that coin, I feel it's necessary to say that when there are mistakes, it's very important to um, point them out, mm-hmm. acknowledge them, yeah. and fix them. Yes. Really, really important. Right. 
Um, but that's our job. Yes. Shadim, you know, they, they can try and stop us, but we have to acknowledge it and actually do lots and lots of learning to make sure that we're doing the right thing when we make, when we correct mistakes, um, do lots and lots of, uh, uh, cons- consultations with others in mm-hmm. a lot of cases to make sure we're doing the right thing, um, with, uh, people with more, uh, you know, deeper connections to the divine, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, Right. So, um, so th- it is important. Hmm. It isn't important. It's not a. It's not a. You can't just fluff it off and say, you know, I, oh, I made this mistake. And NBD. No, be right. You have to actually correct your work. mistakes. Do, Do the, the work. Right. Fix the. But thing. this is our. Fix it. This is our thing. Right. It's mm-hmm. not Shadim's fault. It's our thing. So I think it's so it's interesting because I think in some ways they're sort of fundamentally challenging the the role or the potential for shading to actually do their job in the world, right? If you're saying that the which is which is a this is a true Jewish argument, right? That the intention to do a mitzvah has, you know, carries weight mm-hmm. in and of itself. And so even if all of us just walk through the world with that kind of orientation that we intend to do mitzvahs, that we intend to do good, then um, like what what power does a shade have over somebody with that, you know, with that orientation, which is sort of like, I don't know, now that I'm saying that out loud, I kind of dig that. But I, I think there's there's another there's another piece to this. Um, yeah, I, go should, ahead. I, I should just say that, like, yes, intention is a huge part of it. But part of the idea is that you keep that intention up. Right. I mean, well, then I, actually I, do the stuff like there's a lot about stuff. actually right. doing the stuff. I mean, there's reams and volumes and volumes <laughs> about actually doing the stuff. Right. But the idea of actually doing the stuff as it relates to it, as it relates to intention, I think this is an important point. Yeah. Is um, a lot of times what happens for people, I, I know this from personal experience and I've spoken with many people who experience this and this is a really important, it's actually a very um, oft repeated point in Hasidic works mm-hmm. is that it will come to it often will come to the point where a person will try with good intentions over and over and over again to do mitzvahs to do good mm-hmm. things and will find obstacles in their way every single yeah. time will find v- very difficult things trying to keep them from doing it mm-hmm. um maybe sometimes they are shadim but uh the idea that Hasidus and other jewish books will bring is that you cannot let that uh, prevent you from actually accomplishing the deed that you intend to do. Right, right. You have to, even if you don't accomplish it, you have to keep trying, get up and try again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's something in the way that we're playing out this question, which Lord only knows if we're actually answering Xenocide Chain <laughs> question, but like <laughs> it's our podcast. Um, so <laughs> we get to do what we want. Um, uh, but I, I think there's something really fundamental here about the way that Judaism approaches those kinds of mistakes and then and then fixing them like a fundamental idea inside of Judaism is tshuva teshuva right is this idea that when you make a mistake you are obligated to kind of put yourself back at that point in time to fix the thing that you did for yourself for whoever was wronged for whatever whatever happened and and make it right and then when you find yourself in that situation again to not act in the same way yeah um, which in some ways I feel like is like the single most important thing that any human being can learn how to do, <laughs> especially in today's day and age. Um, and it feels like with there not being a demon who's interested in like 
uh, you know, getting all up in your davening, all up in your prayers and kind of making you make those mistakes. It's sort of illustrating that different worldview between Judaism and Christianity and perhaps Catholicism in particular around what it means to make mistakes and how you fix them. Mm. Because there are pretty, uh, they're, they're different theologies. They're different ideas of what that, what that looks like and how you go about the, in the world, you know, screwing up and uh, making it better. Um, so anyway. And, and I'll, I'll just say again, you know, I could be wrong about this. Oh, totally. Who knows if thing, any of us are but, right about anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll keep digging listeners. If you guys find anything, then certainly, um, you know, shoot us, shoot it our way and we'll happy to bring it back up. Um, Zine side, Jane, Thank you so much for your amazing question. Folks, if you have questions for us, um, tweet them is the best way to get to us at Throwing Shade, S-H-E-Y-D. And we will tackle those questions in another episode. Okay, Shade Throwers, we are coming to the end of our time, but we want to leave you with a quick action item. Alan, you got something for us? Uh, sure. Um, so we talked a lot about physical and non-physical, natural, supernatural. Mm -hmm. That line is pretty blurred when we're talking in the realms that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important to remember that we as humans are, and I've said this in a previous episode as well, that we as humans are mostly, by which I mean, you know, to put a incorrect number on it, something like 99.99999% whatever, spiritual beings mm -hmm. it happens that you know our culture our society puts a lot of emphasis on our physicality mm -hmm. and physicality is super important it's the instrument we use our we being our actual souls right yeah i'm a fan so um i think it's important to keep in mind especially when we're talking about something like chuva which you brought up which is a huge topic especially you know like for you know, i know for me personally it's a big it's a big thing um and to remember that our actions in the physical world have consequences both in the physical world and also in the uh, in the uh, spiritual realms, which mm. is where we usually where where we really are, you mm -hmm. know. And I also think that um, intention, right? This is a more of a kabbalistic idea, but it's brought down you know, in in Gemara and everything too. That intention has effects as well. Mm -hmm. So, like you were saying. Somebody who's walking around with good intent, you know, if they really work hard and work past all the obstacles and they really don't let mm. all of the quote unquote evils stop them yeah. from doing what they intend to do, which is good, mm -hmm. then um, they will ultimately achieve their goals. Yeah. Bringing good into the world. Amen. Yeah. And godliness. I love that. And I love that it, that in a lot of Jewish thought, it just sort of assumes that, yeah, you know what? You're going to screw up <laughs> and that's OK. Like, go back and fix it. Um, and there's a there's a method to how to fix it. There's I mean, it's, a whole it's all, method. It's it's really Ugh. clearly laid out. <laughs> Amazing. Such good. Not stuff. easy to do, but no, it's really not. But it's there. But worth it. Yeah. And good stuff. Amazing. Okay, so not a light action item for this week, but an important one. Just, you know, do chuva and like remember that you're a spiritual being having a physical experience and pretend that all of your <laughs> actions have these, you know, massive divine ramifications. That's all. Have a great week, Don't everybody. Pretend it's true. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So on that note, 
Thank you, everybody, for spending some time with us. We hope you have an amazing week. We will see you again next time on another edition of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Catch y'all later.